Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. We are at episode 136. And you know what? I forgot my coffee over there, so just hold on one second. All right, I'm back. Hope you're doing well this morning. I want to talk to you today about John chapter 10, but I've got to give a shout out to Buck Knives first and then let you know about the what to bring PDF for the intensive. But let's go ahead and pray. That's what we always do. So let's pray and then we'll get into the content today. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. I'd ask for blessing over the time that we have together. Thank you that you just get to do this every single week and I pray it's helpful for people. Thank you for the men that are listening in. And God, I just pray that you would continue to grow the audience. I pray that this would be as helpful as possible to the most people as possible. And that, God, I just want to honor you. And uh, I thank you for this opportunity. Help us as we look at John chapter 10 today and see just pastoral lessons from the life of Christ, the Good Shepherd. And Lord, we want to we want to shepherd like like you shepherd. And um, and so help us to learn that. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. All right. So first, I got to tell you about Buck Knives. Check out this hat. You guys know Buck Knives probably. The lighting in here is a little, little strange, but let's see here. Make sure that I'm recording on the other side. Yeah, uh, the lighting is a little strange, but you can see this is a really sweet vintage hat, retro hat, and it's a great outdoor mesh material. And the reason I'm giving a shout out to Buck Knives is that we've worked with them for the last three years, and they've been phenomenal for us. They've done giveaways where they've they've hooked us up with knives to be able to give to you know, whoever wins them, and then they've hooked me up with knives personally, and that's how it worked out this year is in exchange for giving a, a review and a shout-out, I would get this Vanguard 191 or 192, yeah, Vanguard 192 knife, and I want to share it with you, and it's awesome. If you're looking for an everyday carry knife, this probably isn't an everyday carry knife for you. This is mainly a hunting knife, and it could be like an outdoor, uh, you know, uh, outdoor or camping knife, but this is a really handsome maple handle it's got a great grip on it. It's got the lip on it here, so when you're cutting up meat, you're not going to slip your hand down and slice your hand, you know. But I absolutely love Buck Knives. It's a Christian company, and if you're looking for an everyday carry, they got a ton of flip knives, you know, smaller knives, two and a half inch blades, three, you know, just a, a typical pocket knife with a couple blades on it, single blade. I had the Buck 55. I've got the Buck 112. I've got several of their hunting knives. I've got the 119, and now I've got this 192. This is going to be my favorite knife of theirs, I think. It's a great sheath as well. So, hey, guys, go check it out. Buck Knives, just Google it. You can find it. I think it's bucknives.com, maybe, but you can figure it out and check out what they have. Christian company. They've been a Christian company for since they began in like the 20s or 30s, I believe. But it's just a lot of fun. I love knives, and so you got to check that out. Uh, the intensive what to bring will be in the show notes, so check that out. It's a PDF if you need it. Email me, and I can email it back to you. I'll post it on the website as well if I can get on the website. I'm having some technical difficulties on the website. Those will be up a little bit later today. Um, I think, I think that should be it. All right, we're in John chapter 10. Guys, this chapter is amazing, and we're continuing through the Gospel of John because what we're wanting to do is compare the life of Christ and how Jesus shepherded people, how he lived his life, which is the perfect life that's ever been lived, and how 1 Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1 would call us conduct, to conduct ourselves as elders and pastors. And what's been happening over the last couple years 
has been a divide, and I'm reading Vody Bauckham's book right now, Fault Lines. There's been a fault line over what, what the behavior or the conduct of the pastor should be. And the big things that have bubbled to the surface have been First Timothy 3's call to the pastor to not be quarrelsome. And that is a yes and amen and should be a yes and amen from every pastor who loves God's word. We love God's word, so we say yes and amen to all of God's word. And yet, as we look at the Gospel of John, we get a definition for what quarrelsome or, or not being quarrelsome is. Because Jesus is 1 Timothy 3, and he's Titus chapter 1 personified. He is the perfect pastor, the perfect man. He's the one in whom we learn pastoral ministry. He wouldn't be disqualified. And yet, over and over again, we've been seeing this in every single chapter, Jesus knows how to start fights. And he does it in a very intentional manner. He does not avoid confrontation. And he doesn't back away from people who are upset with him or angry with him. We see it again here in John 10. Just a second. We see it here again in John chapter 10. And I love this because the image of shepherd comes to us again. And Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd. He's the one who lays his life down for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me, just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. Now, this is a conversation that he's having with a group of Jewish leaders and people. And he tells them about the thief, which is the hireling, the false shepherd, the one who doesn't care anything for the sheep. And he'll let the wolf come in and, and eat the sheep while the hireling runs off because he doesn't care. That kind of hireling is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That passage has nothing to do in verse 10, John 10, 10, has nothing to do with the devil himself. It has everything to do with false shepherds, shepherds who don't care at all for the sheep, who watch them be eaten by wolves. So they don't really care. And Jesus is the counter of that. He's the opposite of that. Jesus comes not to steal, kill, and destroy from the sheep. Jesus comes to lay his life down for the sheep. And this is the great thing about Jesus, why he's the good shepherd. He loves us and he dies for us. He protects us, the sheep. Now, sheep don't know they need a shepherd. That's the difficult thing about shepherding people. As we, we become Christians, we begin to learn like, oh, okay, yeah, I need a shepherd. And then we're continuing to be called sheep the rest of our lives. We, we're never not a sheep. And so pastors are also sheep. Under shepherds are sheep who need a shepherd. We're continuing to learn pastoral ministry. By the way, Jesus is shepherding us. And then through that, we're this conduit of shepherding ministry. As we are shepherded by Christ, we shepherd those that are under our care. So we're always learning how to be shepherded from, from Christ. <clears throat> but Jesus tells him that he lays his life down on his own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I receive from my Father. Now it's at this point that the same thing that's been happening in the Gospel of John happens again. There's a division. There's a division. There's always a division. There's always sheep. There's always goats. There's always the Pharisees. There's always the disciples. There's always people that are divided over Jesus. Everywhere Jesus goes, there's this division about who he is and what he's doing. Is this from God? Is this from the devil himself? And so we see the same thing happen again here in John chapter 10. And this is the thing that we can't tolerate in our day. We, we For some reason, just consider it, the pervasive idea that everyone in Christian community and we should be kind. It's the kindness of God that leads us to, to repentance. But the idea that we should never, ever, ever be um, divisive is nowhere in the scriptures. It's nowhere in the scriptures at all. Jesus comes in, speaks, and when he speaks, division happens. 
What is that? That's being divisive. By opening his mouth and doing what God the Father had called him to do, he is being divisive, and the people are divided. Verse 19, we see this. This happens three times in the chapter. We'll look at all three times. There again was division among the Jews because of these words. There it is, division among the Jews. Jesus is saying, I'm the good shepherd. The hirelings don't care about the sheep. I lay my life down for the sheep. I lay my life down. I take it up again. I have that authority. And then they're divided. They don't like it. Many of them said, he has a demon and he is insane. Why listen to him? Now, um, here's the deal. If you get these sorts of accusations, this is what modern day pastors or Christians cannot tolerate. They cannot tolerate the idea that somebody would think they're crazy. Many, I should say. Not all, but many modern Christians cannot tolerate the idea that somebody else would think they are crazy. They're literally saying he's demon-possessed and he's insane. Now, that, talk about like a, a, you know, the response, literally the response today would be, you're supposed to be thought well of by outsiders. That's another, another qualification of being an elder. Jesus, you're supposed to be well thought of by those who don't like you. You remember the whole Sermon on the Mount thing that you did? Uh, you love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, that kind of thing. Um, you're supposed to be well thought of because of how you're conducting yourself and how you're speaking in the public square. Come on. They're saying he's insane and he has a demon. Now, guys, if in the world today, if the world does not hate you in this manner, if people inside of the camp, this, this is a group of people that should have been inside of the camp, they should have known who Jesus is. If, if those who claim the name of Christ in liberal denominations, mainline denominations, even in some so-called you know, conservative denominations, are not looking at the biblical stances that you're taking and just saying, sorry, I'm not budging, this is what the scriptures say, and you should agree with this, there's not room to disagree, there's not, we can't agree to disagree on this, on, on gender and sexuality and the inerrancy of the scriptures and the authority of the word. We can't, uh, on the gospel of Jesus, on the clarity of, of what the scriptures speak to about the race issues, like we can't disagree on this, I'm sorry. The Bible is clear, uh, you just need to get in line with what God has to say. And as you do that, I mean, if the world is not looking at you and saying, you're crazy, you're insensitive, you're mean, you're not listening well, guys, we, we've been over this for 10 weeks. And we've been over it even more than that, just other content that I put out there for you. This, this, should, be, this should be happening. I mean, don't be surprised, I should say, when it, when it happens. And then others were saying, this is the division. Those are not the words of the one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So the others are saying, look, there's evidence here in what Christ is doing, that he is who he says he is. And then there's those who say he's demon-possessed. Okay, it keeps going. The store keeps going. Um, the works that the Father that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe me because you are not among my sheep. Again, this is, when we talk about particular redemption, we talk about election or reprobation. No, those are really clear in John John 10. Or these, uh, Jesus is saying, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. That's a huge statement. It's a statement that they didn't like. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. There is, there is again, the ideas in the, in the scriptures. There comes from those verses like that. There are things like, uh, um, uh, irresistible call. Like, there, there it is. Irresistible grace. Right there. They will follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father has given them to me. He's greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. There's double eternal security. We're safe in Christ's hand. We're safe, safe in God the Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. And then listen to this. Verse 31. The Jews picked up to stone him. Again, to stone him. 
multiple times they wanted to stone Jesus. How's that for being well thought of by outsiders? Remember, remember Jesus is 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1 personified. And then, as the story continues to go, you guys get the point here. I want you to think about this in light of the be nice crowd, in light of the leveraged cultural capital crowd, okay, in light of Big Eva and all the things that they've been talking about over the last year and a half with COVID and all of that. Think about that as Jesus does this and the interactions with Jesus over and over again in the Gospels. Imagine the hit pieces that the Gospel Coalition would write about Jesus because of this. You know, the, the counter articles about why you can't be quarrelsome, why you can't, like, they're looking at Jesus and thinking, like, oh, gosh, we better do a podcast about this. Jesus answered, it's not written your, written your law that I said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be broken. He said to him of the Father, consecrated it, consecrate it and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the son of God. If I'm not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. Then in verse 39, again, after all this, again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. It wasn't yet his time to be apprehended <clears throat> and taken to the cross. He went away again to the Jordan, to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and there he said, John did no sign. But everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. Guys, there, this is the true belief. There's true and false belief through the Gospel of John, and the division is, is set up here in verses 39 down through 42 to show that there are many that believed in him. Guys, this is how it's going to be. There's going to be some that are going to be repulsed by faithful shepherding like the good shepherd. And then some that are going to believe and be drawn in. And I'll tell you this, it's been an interesting time at our church. I've had people call me. I've, I've lost some friendships, or at least had some friendships strained over the last year and a half. And yet, what God's doing at our church is really neat. It's really neat. We had the largest attendance we've ever had uh, Sunday. And we have people that are eager for the word. We have shepherds in our church that are learning to shepherd like Jesus, continuing to stumble forward as we're being shepherded by Christ. But God's doing a really neat work in our church. And I'm hearing testimonies all across the country of churches. Just talked to my friend Brian yesterday. and he, They're experiencing out in Utah. They're experiencing some growth out there at their church. And pastors that are just saying, listen, I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to say what God has to say. And churches that are committed to following in obedience to Jesus, no matter what the world thinks, Guys, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a work happening, there's a great sifting happening, and people are excited to follow Jesus no matter what, to be obedient to his word, to love his word, to love people in the way God would have them love people, and God's doing a work. I hope it's encouraging. I hope it's a challenge to you today. Uh, continue to look at the Gospels, continue to see how Jesus shepherd, and then shepherd like Jesus. Uh, guys, subscribe, share. Thanks so much for listening, tuning in. Would love for you to come to the intensive. This is the last week for you to be able to register and come, so please sign up. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.